who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Ah, Mr. Bailey, come in. Right then, now let's get started. Please state your name and rank for the record. Sam Bailey. Uh, Please speak clearly and into the microphone if you can. Samuel Isaac Bailey, Detective First Class, Oslo County Police Department, State of Nevada. Very good. Now, Mr. Bailey, I'm sure you know why you're here. Of course. But I'm afraid I don't have all of the details of your involvement with the tragic events in Agate Shore, and I don't think I'm the only one. So if you wouldn't mind, please tell us what happened. In your own time, of course. about six now. A few hours since I finished with the last tape. Bill's wrapped up his shift and gone home, so it's finally getting quiet, even if there are more people in the office now. The sun's starting to come up too, but I figured I could do at least one more tape before the day really got started. I actually didn't want to do another tape this morning. I tried to leave it alone too. Made it about two hours, but I guess I can't let go of what happened with Bill. Him barging in and listening without me. Well, that and the fact that I have bugger all else to do around here. The county's still keeping me at arm's length, so I'm basically blacklisted. No one knows if they can trust me with casework or not. As if it wasn't hard enough already to get ahead in this department. Everyone around here looks at me like I'm some kind of a leper. Except for Bill, of course, but he's, well, Bill. God. I mean, he really pisses me off sometimes. That wasn't the first time I've caught him in my office, going through my stuff. Seriously, what do I need to do to get a little privacy around here, a little dignity? Hang a do not disturb sign on the door? Change all my locks? I mean, Alan was a pain in the ass, but at least he didn't... 
let's see, uh, tape number 1429127. Oh, and, uh, Detective Samuel Bailey, Oslo County Police Department, Homicide Division. Recording on April 11th, 2019 at 6.01am. I didn't mean to get stuck out here. Seriously, if anyone finds this recorder clutched in my cold, dead hands, I just want to make that abundantly clear. This wasn't the plan. I didn't look at the forecast, see a chance of snow on Donner Pass, and think, gee, wouldn't it be fun to reenact one of the greatest horrors of the Old West? No. I just had to get from Reno to Sacramento for a signing and didn't give myself enough time to go the long way around. Maybe it was stupid, but I figured, hey, early December, not a cloud in the sky. Should still be fine, right? (sighs) I forgot how fast storms blow in up here. There were clouds on the horizon when I went through Truckee, but I thought I'd have more time before it started dumping like this. Made it all the way to Donner Lake before it turned into a complete whiteout. I kept going because I am nothing if not stubborn, but... Pretty soon it got so bad I couldn't see the road two feet in front of me. Finally gave up and pulled over in the first turnout I could find. I'm not really sure where I ended up. I think it might be a day camp, but I really can't see anything from inside the van, and there's no way I'm going outside to check. Okay, fine. I don't actually think I'm going to die out here. I live in this van for most of the year anyway, and I've got enough blankets, gas, and food to hold out for a week at least. I doubt the storm will last more than a couple of days, and once it lets up, I can sneak out of here and get going again. Very, very carefully. I hate snowstorms like this. Not just getting caught in them, but the storms themselves. I know, I know. It's one ski resort after another up here, and they all needed to survive. But still, it feels like the Earth's trying to bury me alive every time it locks in like this. Like nature's rightly pissed off at all of us and doing its level best to crush us to death. I've seen photos of the towns up here in the 60s. Three or four-story buildings barely poking up over gigantic snowdrifts. Houses caved in beneath the snow load with people still stuck inside. Buildings burning to the ground because the fire department couldn't reach them in time. Avalanches a quarter mile long thundering down the mountain with enough force to... People forget how heavy water really is. We drink it swim in it, build amusement parks with million-gallon tanks like it's nothing. We get comfortable around it. Complacent. With miles and miles of atmosphere pressing down on us, there's only about 14 pounds of pressure per square inch at sea level. Even less this high up. But dive just 30 feet into the ocean, and that pressure doubles. Snow's a little lighter while it's still falling. But then it melts and compacts. Then more snow falls and melts and compacts. 
It might look light and happy and fun sitting on top of that ridge, but ask anyone who's ever been caught in an avalanche, and they know. It's one of nature's simplest and most effective ways of killing you dead if you aren't prepared for it. I've only been parked here for about an hour, and the snow's already up to the wheel wells. I might have to crawl out of the skylight come morning to get help. And before you ask, no, of course I don't have signal out here, so I can't just call AAA, even if I had it. It's not that odd to think that people ate each other out there. Maybe even right here where I'm parked. More than a century and a half have passed, and this place is still just as dangerous as it was then. Maybe that just goes to show how small humans really are in the grand scheme of things. Take away our tools and our toys and our technology, and we're still just as vulnerable as we ever were. If I opened that door and walked out right now, I'd be lost in minutes and dead in hours. The Donner Party lasted a little longer than that. Then again, they were willing to eat each other to do it. A lot of people condemn them for that. We're so sure we'd never resort to that, that we'd rather die than cross that unspoken boundary. But no one really stops to think what it was like to be freezing and snow blind and slowly starving to death in the middle of nowhere, so far from help you might as well be on the moon. More than that, watching your family, your kids wasting away, because that's what the Donner Party was, just a couple of families trying to make a better life for themselves somewhere new people with people to take care of. It's terrifying what we can do when we feel like we have no other option. People think I write horror, but I don't really think that's true. I just write fiction with all of the comfortable little lies taken out of it. <sighs> Hello? Is someone there? Maybe it was just snow falling off the trees. The wind picked up, so maybe it blew into the side of the van. I can't see anything out there. And I mean, I can't see anything. It's a solid whiteout on the highway, and the windows keep fogging up the closer I look. Whatever's out there, if there is anything out there. Okay, okay, yes, there is definitely something outside. But what the hell is it? Ghost of the Donner Party? Someone else stuck on the road? God, I could be a bear for all I know. Maybe I could... Hello? Oh, hell... Hold on, I'm opening the door. What the? I'm trying. I'm trying. I can't get it open. Hold on, I'm going to try the front door. It's stuck. I can't. Ah! Oh. Up here. Come on, get inside the... What the hell?
So, um, there's no one out there. The car's half buried by now, which is probably why I couldn't get the doors open in the first place, but it could have been a non-visible apparition, I guess. One of the lost members of Forlorn Hope. The members of the Donner Party who left the camp to find help. Most of them didn't make it. A lot of them died afraid and alone, too. Ideal conditions for the making of poltergeists, in my experience. One little blip on the scanner and nothing else. It doesn't do very well in the cold, though, so it could just be a false positive. Or maybe whatever it was is just gone. If it was ever really there to begin with. People forget that most of the Donner Party survived. At least more than half of them did. When they started, it was almost entirely families. By the end, it was a party of orphans and widows who were rescued from the past. Some of the newspapers praised them at the time, saw them as heroes of exploration and paragons of pioneer courage. But as always, the more lurid accounts sold better and the Donner Party slowly turned from a tale of heroes to a tale of tragedy and madness. I don't know if it was just the snow and the freezing cold that drove them to it, though. Two months after the last of the settlers were rescued, General Stephen Carney was traveling the Donner Pass with members of the Mormon Battalion, which, yes, was a real thing during the Mexican-American War. They found the bodies of the dead just lying out in the open, preserved by the cold. They'd been buried in the snow right where they died by the rest of the party. They had bigger concerns to deal with at the time than giving each other proper funerals. By then, the snow had thought enough to show them mummified by the cold, dried and shriveled and black all over with frostbite. He ordered his men to dig graves for the bodies. Of course he did, that much makes sense. He wanted to respect the dead, to give them a proper burial. But then he did something kind of strange. The Donner Party built a series of cabins to try and survive the storm. Small, cramped, windowless things that leaked all winter long as the snow buried them deep. Maybe Carney was just so horrified by what he saw that he wanted it erased from history. I doubt it, though. He'd been a soldier for more than 30 years at that point. Seen too much death to be unnerved by a few dead bodies. But whatever the case, he went from cabin to cabin and ordered his men to burn them down. I think he felt something about this place. Some influence or power that needed to be destroyed. So he tried to do it the only way he knew how. Even so, people kept finding bones for a long time afterwards. I guess some things just don't want to stay buried. Whoever it is, it's back outside the van. It knocked on the door a few minutes ago, even louder than before. Only, it couldn't have because the snow is up past the windows now. The storm's getting worse. I don't know if anyone will hear this, but... Holy hell. Chasing me. Whatever it is, it's chasing me. I can hear its footsteps in the snow. I can hear it. 
The van's buried, but it was still knocking. Had to get out of there. Had to. And now a word from our sponsor, Factor. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. And I'll tell you what, if you're in the middle of, say, wrapping up a 100-episode fiction podcast series and you do not have time to cook, you'd probably be looking for some no-prep, no-mess meals, and Factor Meals are ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. It's perfect. They're also flexible for your schedule, so you can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week, and you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. So if you're like us, you're working on something that you love, you're in a busy time of life, what are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash Sheridan50 and use the code Sheridan50 to get 50% off. That's code Sheridan50 at factormeals.com slash Sheridan50 to get 50% off. Well, that was certainly a night, wasn't it? (sighs) The van's gone. I don't know if I'll see it again before next spring. Apparently, I was only a few yards from a cozy little ski hostel when I pulled off. I pretty much ran right into the side of it as I was running. Scared the bejesus out of a bunch of skiers, but they were nice enough to let me in after deciding I probably wasn't a ghost. Although I did look like death. I gave Anthony a call on the landline, told him I wouldn't make it to Sacramento. He understands. Apparently, the whole eastern Sierra is snowed in right now. Good news for skiers, not so much for riders on tour. Still, maybe I can get some riding done while I'm stuck here. So long as the snow keeps whatever's out there buried for good. Thank you for letting me in. What the hell was... End Slate. Test edit for the Anna Sheridan Files podcast, episode one. Taken from the recordings of Anna Sheridan with audio engineering by Maria Soul. Hello. Directed and produced by Anna Sheridan for consideration by Poultice Press. With additional voices by Maria Soul. Well, I just did the ghost really. It was pretty much all Anna. Duly noted. Effects in post-production by the amazing Maria Soul, mastered on 10 January 2017. Let me know what you think, Anthony. There's plenty more where this came from. So, in addition to inane ramblings, drugged hallucinations, and blank goddamn cassette tapes, now I have to deal with Sheridan's aspirations to write radio drama. Wonderful. Just wonderful. I need to get more coffee. Or punch someone. Whichever's more convenient. Damn it! Hello, look, I'm sorry, but this really isn't a good time for anything, so if you wouldn't mind... 
What? Who? Doctor... Dr. Park, you said. Uh, yes, yes, this is this is Detective Bailey. Hold on one second. Let me put you on speaker. Hi, I'm Madigan from Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist, a podcast that explores the world through a personal feminist perspective. Check out new episodes Mondays and Fridays for a wide variety of topics and news episodes. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Rage on. The Sheridan Tapes, Episode 4, Their Frozen Horrors, starring Erin Neely Chaconis as Anna Sheridan, Trevor Van Winkle as Sam Bailey, Amitolo Lomas as Maria Soul, and Mike Van Winkle as the Commissioner, with original music by Jesse Hagen, written and produced by Trevor Van Winkle and made possible by our supporters at patreon.com slash homesteadcorner. Visit thesheridantapes.com to view additional content, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Trevor underscore VW. New episodes are released every Friday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on all podcasting platforms. I'm Trevor Van Winkle, this is Homestead on the Corner, and you're listening to The Sheridan Tapes. In a world saturated with glossy facades comes a podcast that's breaking barriers. This is Reppin. It's where we do a deep dive into subjects like belonging, to mental health, to courage, and more. On Reppin, you'll meet the faces you think you know and discover their untold stories. It's real, it's intimate, and it gives you insight into the real person behind the images. In a world of pretense, Reppin strips it all down, no filters, no facades. Learn and be empowered and find inspiration through thought-provoking stories that resonate with your journey. Every episode is an exploration into the truths and values that make us who we are. Representation, it's not just about race or gender. It's about you. Repin ensures that every voice is heard. Every story is valued. So be seen, be heard, and be represented. Listen to Reppin wherever you get your podcasts.